Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. Why can my most successful days not be like as an athlete and then carry that on to post-career and be just as successful and be even like more proud of that. Today's episode is from our show, Your Finest Hour, where we interview one of our coaches from Novus Global, as well as one of their high-performing clients on how to make the most out of coaching. In this episode, I'll be interviewing head of Novus Global Sport, Dan Lefelar, and Stanley Cup champion and Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman, Luke Shin, for a conversation on why executive coaching has kept Luke performing at a high level in the NHL. We dive into how the coaching keeps Luke focused on not only making goals, but being accountable to take the steps to complete them on and off the ice. Enjoy the show. So Luke, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Uh, when Dan and I were talking about this and Dan was like, I think Luke might, might come on the show. We were, I was pretty stoked about it. So thank you, Dan, for uh, trusting us with Luke and Luke, thanks for trusting us to, to lend to your voice, this conversation that we love so much. Oh no, thanks for having me guys. I mean, I'm looking forward to it and, uh, yeah, it should be a, a good conversation and, um, let's get rolling. So then a couple of questions about the coaching itself, uh, Luke and, and, and Dan, I want to ask you this question too, but Luke, from your point of view, describe a little bit about what your coaching relationship with Dan looks like. And um, you, you can be as technical as you want, or you can just talk about from your experience, just how would you describe it? And why do you think it's helpful? I think like my mental makeup is, I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, you have some good days and where everything's going great. And, um, and then all of a sudden something kind of happens and and then all of a sudden it kind of turns like it spirals into like a negative thing and then you start leaning on past experience and maybe and your brain doesn't always go towards the positive past experiences it goes towards maybe times where you failed or you yeah. know negative thoughts or you worry about the future at times and yeah. you know sometimes you just forget about the present and um so i think it's kind of almost in a way like dumbing it down to be more present and you know have these uh almost different sort of things that they, they, they range from call to call, but, you know, different sort of, um, statements or, or, um, you know, conversations that you want to have with yourself when you wake up in the morning, what you're committed to for that day. So that's one thing I've learned is, you know, it's great to have goals and a plan, but really it's the process and a day-to-day -day commitment. And then, you know, we'll check in in a week and sometimes you'll be like, yeah, how'd you do with your commitments? And well, I'm, three for five, I, you know, I missed out on two of them and well, why yeah. did you do it? And it's either you got lazy or you went back to your old mindset. And it's, yeah. it's a constant, uh, like Dan describes it's, you know, as a, as an athlete, you're training every single day, you're practicing on the ice, you're taking care of your body, nutrition, recovery, you know, activations, workouts before practice, before games, but how often do you really just kind of focus on the the mental makeup of things too so it's like you said dad it's like a, a mental workout right and uh it's uncomfortable yeah. at times and you're like frustrated at times to why aren't i getting this but yeah you know it's it's a process and uh that's why that's why you go to coaching right because sometimes you, you think you can just handle it on your own but in reality it's it's tough and uh everyone deals with it in their own ways and you would never know about it but you know yeah. you you want to you want to be stronger and you know, you want to reach your ultimate potential and, and no one, you know, I, I guess you don't know what that is now, but I just know that there's way more room for growth and that's what I'm excited about. 
Yeah, that is exciting. And Dan, and actually, Dan, you look like you're going to say something. You can go ahead and say well, something. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, for me, it's a really personal, um, and what Luke was describing is is bang on it into where we are in the in the, the, the life cycle, the stage that we're in in the coaching. And um, But as a, as a former athlete who did not have uh, that space, um, did some sports psych, did some things to try to really conquer what was going on between my ears, um, at a younger age, uh, I feel very old now, <laughs> uh, but at a younger age when, you know, I was, I was a top 10 ranked skater in my country and, um, I was improving every day and I could not see it. And I got so fed up and dis- discouraged with where I wasn't mm-hmm. that I, d- I wasn't present to where I was. And, um, so it's almost been a, um, a mandate or a calling. Like, I feel like every time I talk to Luke, or any of the other athletes that we work with. And, and they're in that moment. I, like I recognize my myself and I can see the, the two pathways. Like, do I keep going with what I really long to create, long to create in my career? Or do I pack up the tent? And when Luke, when we met in, um, in the, the beginning of the pandemic, that was like a, a very clear moment for me. It was like, oh, I, I recognize this moment where it's like, I could shut this down, but um, or I could, or I could, I could take a risk and I could, I could show up and I could get clear about what I'm going to do and show up consistently and see if that opens a door. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so much fun to see what's happened as a result of that. And, and in just a short amount of time for you, um, it's been like six months, man, you know? No, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like, you know, <laughs> Tough to match it. We got off to a good start so far. So like, <laughs> you have to now, win but, another one, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, like I said, even the thing that excites me too is like, you know, you obviously want to push your your uh, hockey career for me as far as I can and grow as much as I can. And you know, same thing. You, you know, you you talk about an old guy, and you know, I'm viewed as an old guy in the NHL, but really, I don't feel like that at all at 31 years old. That you you still want room for growth and. Yeah. You want to keep pushing that way. And it's a day-to-day grind. It really is like, and I enjoy that grind. It's, um, it's a challenge each and every day, but you know, also with a sort of an eye on like, you know, what's next and how you're going to achieve that. You know, like I said, um, yeah. family wise and career wise. And I think every, I think like the, you know, everyone thinks like the best days of your life are like your younger days as an athlete and you know, all that, but what you kind of mentioned to me before too, is like, well, why does that have to be that way? Like, why, why is that all you've got? Like, there's so much room to grow sort of beyond, you know, obviously what you've achieved so far, like you can keep achieving things and you're going to be young when you retire. And a lot of guys kind of go into like a weird cycle where they're like, Oh man, like, I wish I could just go back and do that, which obviously it'd be great. But guys just kind of always almost like get in a hole where they're just kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, what am I doing with the rest of my life? And that's kind of what I don't want to do. And I want to, you know, achieve greater things. So that's uh, also a, yeah. a thing that I look forward to while keeping my eye on the present. You know, while I was, while I was doing some research on you, I noticed that you have a heart for giving and giving back. And even I'd love for you to talk just briefly about uh, like uh, Luke's troops and, and where that came from and, and your heart for thinking about your impact outside of the world of sport. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, uh, that one's an interesting one. But yeah, I mean, growing up like in Saskatchewan, um, you know, you, you go to like so many different sort of events and you, you go out to different sort of charity golf tournaments or whatever it is. People are so good about giving back. So 
my brothers my brother and i did that um when we were both first got in the league we were on a charity golf tournament in saskatoon for uh ruh foundation in saskatoon for a few years and that ended up being a huge success and turnout and then uh it kind of gets actually to the point too where you want to keep going but it's it's schedules it's, it's tough with schedules as, as far as like off season lining up guys all the time so we took a bit of a, a break from that but that was uh, a lot of fun you know going back and kind of giving back to your hometown and and uh then the luke's troops thing so it was my first or second year in toronto and i wanted to kind of get involved a little bit in the community and i just wasn't really sure how and kind of worked with the leafs team on that but um what we ended up doing was buying season tickets and bringing uh Canadian military or Canadian forces to every leaf home game. And the cool thing about it was they would come, bring a guest, give him a Jersey and meet him after the game, do all that sort of stuff. But uh, they got the, the coolest thing for me was, you know, it didn't matter if we were up four, nothing in the game or if we we're losing six, nothing, like <laughs> they would show this troop in his, you know, full, uh, full gear uh, up on the big screen and kind of, what tours they've done and where they've been and who they're with at the game. And the whole crowd would stand like they could be booing you the whole game and they'd stand and give that guy or, or girl a, a standing ovation and how they've served the country. So did that for a few years and you got to meet so many awesome people and experience that. And actually uh, one year, just by doing that after a few years uh, when the Canadian force or, you know, Canadian military was overseas in, in uh, Kandahar fighting the war over there. Uh, every July 1st, Canada Day, they would try to bring over, I guess, like, quote, recognizable uh, Canadians. Mm-hmm. So I went over to Kandahar for four days um, with myself, Brian Burke, uh, Bubbles from Trailer Trailer Park Boys, uh, <laughs> nice. uh, Rick Mercer from the Rick Mercer Report, uh, Lisa Laflamme from CTV The National in, in Canada. And we went over there and spent four or five days in, in Kandahar. So that was... Uh, an incredible experience and that's what you know it's kind of all about is you get to meet all these people sort of outside your your circle or bubble of, of the hockey world and kind of see um you know how you can help out you know in uh in any which way you can from uh you know like i said whether it's donating money or time or getting you know other experiences along the way so it's it's uh it's a win all around to have those sort of uh, life experiences uh part of what we have discovered and working with clients is a big a big part of uh, our work being successful is helping clients learn how to use us and and we think a lot about what makes a great client and Dan has while respecting confidentiality raved about you Luke and about how much he enjoys working with you uh, Dan what would you say uh, from from your perspective about Luke what makes him a great client like what are the things that when you guys are working together you really appreciate that that we wish other clients, if they heard this, would be like, okay, yeah. this, is, this, this is the bullseye you want to hit. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and Luke, I actually, I don't think I've ever said this directly to you. So it's kind of nice to say it to you here. <laughs> um, uh, Luke, Luke, is, Luke is firm in communicating what he thinks and yet open to thinking in different ways. Uh, and I really find that refreshing. Like some, uh, I was just on with a client before this that Luke actually knows. And we were talking about that dynamic um, of people who are yes, yes men. Like they're like, yeah, okay. And if you, even if they disagree, they don't, they don't talk about it. They don't, they don't go, well, I don't, I don't really think one of the things that I noticed about Luke right away was he came to play, uh, literally in the space. Like he, he showed up and he was like, I, I don't think so, man. Like he, he was honest with his, his agreement and disagreement, 
but he didn't stay like positioned about it. Like I need to be right about that. He's like, Oh, he, he would slow down. And Luke, you do that. You slow down and you think, and you wonder. And uh, we call that being coachable, like somebody who's, who's open to growing and learning um, and willing to not know the answers in order to figure that out. And that's something Luke, that I think you do well. I, I, I don't know where that, I think you've done that well for a long time. I think that's something you had um, because you, you were doing that from day one. And, and every once in a while, I think Luke, you're, you're a guy who like, I love it when you, when, I'm, think, I'm thinking of our last call actually, which is a couple of days ago where, where you're like, yeah, I, I just need a good kick in the ass. Hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, well let's, let's do that then. And like, there's <laughs> a, <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and, but there's a, there's a willingness and an honesty that Luke has um, that's refreshing. Well, so in, in that regard, then, you know, Dan just mentioned, the things he really appreciates about you as a client. And by the way, Luke, and I'll ask this question. We'll get to the other question I was going to ask because not everyone gets stuff out of coaching, honestly. Like it, it's kind of like 12-step recovery where it works if you work it. And so I want to put the question on you. What, what is it, Luke, how, how do you think you've shown up in a way to create value? What is it about you that you think allows you to get value from talking to someone like Dan? Because some people just light their money on fire, frankly but it sounds like you've gotten a lot of results from this. What would you attribute that to? Well, I think it, it obviously is depending, like it's how you're raised for sure. And being coachable, like, you know, listening to your teachers growing up or your hockey coaches and like exactly what Dan said, like, do I agree with everything every hockey coach has ever told me? No. Like even like I can think in last night's game, like he'll tell you one thing and it's like, yeah, you bite your tongue. And then I go up like literally today, like something happened in the game last night. And I was so fuming, like during the on the bench and everything. And then I, I decompressed after the game last night. I went up to him today, like, and and that takes like a little bit of, you know, lack of a better term, like a little, well, I guess, balls, balls, yeah, <laughs> yeah balls. <laughs> to, to go to go to go up to him the next day, you know, and like express your opinion, which I was like, I have to do it because he if he if I if we're not seeing it the same way. Or if he's seeing a certain way and I'm not seeing it, well, like, why? Like, explain it to me. Yeah. So, like, and and then, like, I'll be coached. But like, yeah, if you want me to do that, I'll do it. But, like, I, I just don't understand with no communication. I don't, I don't work without communication. So, like, even with Dan, I mean, um, there's been calls, too, where, like, I'm going through the call and, and I can just tell, like, either I'm not getting it or I'm frustrated because I'm, like, well, I'm just going back to old habits. And it mm -hmm. happened, like, last call, too. I'm, like, it's not even about, like, I guess the money where you're like lighting your money on fire, you get nothing out of it, like wasting your time. It's like, I actually want to improve on this. Yeah. And if I'm like getting it, like, okay, well let's attack it from another angle or like, why am I going back to the same old habit? Yeah. Is it because I'm like feeling sorry for myself or I'm going back to these negative thoughts? Like, why am I doing that? Or is it just quite frankly, like you're being, you know, soft about it and you need to kind of, little bit of tough love here and it's like okay there's so many different ways to attack every sort of different situation and yeah there is no like right or wrong it's every call call to call depending on you know what's going on in your life or how you're feeling in that day you need to kind of like i don't know how you how it is with you dan but it's like yeah maybe like there's a bit of a playbook going into the call and then it just totally goes off rails and you're like by the end of the call you're like well i didn't see how that came about but glad mm -hmm. thing we hit on it and then next thing you know you you work on it and, uh, you know, try to hold yourself accountable. No, it's funny. It, it, like part of, part of it too is, 
in the coaching space, and this is something Luke that like we're we're still we're still exploring, and I'm teaching you how to use the space. But one of the things that um, we talk a lot about, man, is is um, being curious about what's happening more so than the agenda that you bring into the moment. Hmm. So I one of the things, and and this is something I probably haven't said, maybe I have in the past, but um, when we talk, like to really truly pay attention, we talked about this last call, right? To really truly pay attention to you and to each other in the moment, because often what's needed or wanted in a moment is present, is present there, but missed. Mm-hmm. It's not seen. And, and what, that's what I love about Luke, because when we're, when we're talking, Luke's, Luke's not good at hiding what he's feeling. Like he's, he's, he's like, he's presenting it and it's like, Oh yeah, Luke, Luke, Luke's not, Luke's not on board right now, or he's not. And then not only is, does he present that he also says it, which is yeah. like, that's a huge huge thing for me in, in just supporting you, man. And, and I've seen you, I've seen you really, whether it was in the bubble and those like really quick calls uh, while you're getting treatment in between the playoffs and like trying to figure things out and the, the, the ups and downs of that, but you, a willingness to reach out and to, and to reflect, I think about what's going on. That, that makes you different. Yeah. And I guess like the most, like at times I, I almost feel like frustrated because it's like, I want to let, I want to like figure it all out and it to just stick. And it like, it doesn't work like that. It's like constantly, like you said, it's mental gym. Like, yeah, you, if you work out for, you know, three days and then take two weeks off, like you're probably not going to get many results. Right. It's the same thing with, with this, right. It's, yes. you know, the mind's, it's, it's a tricky thing and uh, you're constantly, you know, figuring out ways to, I, I don't want to say like conquer it or whatever. It's, it's just constantly working at it. And uh, I guess that's one of the things with me is like, you know, we're having conversations and, you know, I just, I guess patience is the right word. It's like, you want it to happen right now. And then just like, okay, I got that move on. What's the next step. And it just like, yeah. no, it's a, and then no. sometimes it is like that. And then sometimes it's not. So a lot, a lot of times people think if that, uh, if I flip a switch, it'll be done. And it sounds like what you're learning through the process is the mind is powerful and there's a drift and there's a, there's a natural drift towards, the ways that we've been thinking and feeling for the last three decades of our lives. And it takes a lot of intentionality to begin building new scaffolding uh, and, and to come into new ways of thinking and to hopefully make those permanent, but that, that it takes a long time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it'd be nice if I had one call with Dan eight months ago and said, Hey, if you got it, all right, move on. And uh, let's touch base in a year, but no, it's definitely yeah, not, yeah. not, it's, it's constantly, and then, you know, you said you, you kind of go back and check your notes, what you talked about, and um, you remember some certain conversations, there's some great things down, and there's cues that maybe trigger your mind to go back to thinking what you're supposed to be focusing on, and, and uh, yeah, it's just little things that help, and I like I said, I don't think there's a certain right way of doing it, it's constantly like trial and error, like, yeah, that worked, or yeah, that worked, but then I you know, did this and okay, well, it's like back to the drawing board all the time. And it is conversations too, like communication. Yeah. Um, it is a tough thing to honestly do on your own for sure. Yeah. I mean, we would suggest it's almost impossible to do on your own because I'm, 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 I don't know how I'm conning myself at any given moment. And actually just for what it's worth, uh, Dan and I have used this metaphor a lot, Luke, but it, it made me think of it as we were talking that growth is like a, uh, like a mountain that has different sides to it. And often t- and each side is like a new lesson to learn. Right. And you, you go up the mountain in a circle. And so if oftentimes you come back to the same lesson and you feel like you're in the same spot, but you don't realize you're a thousand feet higher than the last time that you dealt with that same problem. Mm-hmm. And whenever I get, whenever I feel like, 
really, I'm dealing with this again as I'm working with my coach and my therapist and all the people in my life who support me. My, they have to remind me, Jason, like, yes, you're dealing with this thing again, but you're a thousand feet higher than you were last time. So even though it's That's the same- That's a fair way of looking at it, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, and that helps me not get so <laughs> get so frustrated with myself that I can't grow <laughs> faster. Um, just, just out of curiosity, Luke, and a few more questions and then we'll, we'll wrap up. As an athlete, you have lots of different types of coaches. You And you even mentioned you had like a skills coach. You've got assistant coaches, head coaches, those types of things. Why hire, for lack of a better phrase, an executive coach? You know, and, and obviously Dan works in mental performance, but we brand him oftentimes as an executive coach. What, why do you think that might be important for athletes to consider? And, and what's the connection for you between mental performance and athletic performance? Someone once said, I've, in which I, I tend to believe, I think like once you get to like the elite levels, um, NHL or, you know, the top professional leagues, I think it's like, there's no question, you know, there's certain players in the world that are way faster or can shoot the puck harder, or, you know, definitely have a better God-given talent, I think. But for the majority, I would say most guys are right on the same sort of playing field. And I think the difference that separates, you know, players from having, you know, maybe a, an average career or not so great career or a career where you're like, man, why didn't that guy make it is the, the mental makeup of him. And I think once you get to this level, I think it's like really 10% physical and 90% mental, like game to game. Like you look at our schedule right now, I think in, uh, in 27 days right now, we have 14 games. So every day you got to kind of figure out ways to be consistent, to show up, you know, be, you know, help the teams in different ways and, and, and throughout all these games, there's going to be shifts or periods where you don't like, or something happens throughout the course of a game or whatever, where you're just, you're thrown off a little bit, but it's like, how, how quickly can you get back to sort of that even keel and where you want to be, where you can go out and perform at the next shift again? Cause the last thing, and I've been through it numerous times in my career where yeah. something bad happens and that leads into something else bad happening. And then it just kind of spirals. Next thing you know, a week slipped by and mm. then that leads into two weeks. And you're like, I just wasted two weeks and I'm trying to figure out, and it's, it's nothing to do with your skill. It, it's not like you forgot how to skate or shoot the puck or pass. It's just all between your ears. Yeah. So I think that's the big thing when you play all these games in a short amount of period of time and every day it's like, you're, you know, if you're not performing, you know, they're just going to bring the next guy in who's going to perform. So how do you keep your consistency and job while also trying to, you know, look what's ahead and track down the guy ahead of you, you know, to, to see, you know, take, take his job or his ice time or how to win games or help the team in competitive ways. So I think it's really 90% mental and, you know, 10% physical at this point, um, you know, of the game. And like I said, there's, I don't, you can obviously never master it, but there's definitely tools and certain things where you can work on things and, um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a challenge. Cause you know, I remember, like I said, certain times in my career where it just spiral out of control. And now I can at least get it to a point where, you know, I might not like what happened, but it's, you know, different ways of, you know, whether it's taking a deep breath or, you know, going over some notes of, you know, what makes you successful or, you know, what your commitments are for the day or, different things where you can kind of keep it on the rails and then decompress and evaluate after and move on to the next day. But I think that's the big thing is, uh, you know, at this stage of the game, the guys who truly have long successful careers, they're, uh, they're very strong mentally. That's fascinating. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know if I've ever put it that way. And I appreciate that. That's brilliant in terms of in, in life, leadership performance, everyone gets off balance from time to time. 
but coaches help you regain your balance faster so that you don't have that lost time. Uh, in, ahead, yeah. in, uh, in hockey, I, I, we talk a lot about what we call like a goalie has rebound control. So when a puck gets shot, uh, a goalie with great rebound control, the puck doesn't bounce back out. It mm-hmm. stops and play stops. Right. And <laughs> Luke's been on the ice many times with played with goalies who have poor rebound control. And that makes the, the the game a nightmare uh, for defensive play and for, you know, it makes the opposition's job a lot easier. So we talk a lot about mental rebound control. Mm. Um, and what does it look like to, what does it look like to rebound quickly, even in a game? Like Luke, I think we've talked, and we, I think we've talked about a game recently, like where you're, you have a shift, something, something goes awry. And a lot of guys go back to the bench and they spend the rest of the game basically um what's the opposite of a hype man <laughs> criticizing criticizing themselves and they play like garbage as a result or they don't they don't bring their next best shift mm-hmm. um and I, even luke uh, we were talking about this i think a couple of weeks ago uh where you had a moment like that you got back out there and the rest of the game was great yeah no i i remember like yeah i, I started a game it didn't go i got scored on first shift or second shift of the game and i think like you know my old self would probably be like you beat yourself up over it next, you know, like the period's going off coach is probably behind the bench talking to another coach being like, what's going on with them tonight? Like, and mm-hmm. they could probably see it in your body language, but if you like almost even like, you know, I don't want to say trick yourself, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of talk that the positive thoughts back in your head and, you know, have that sort of short memory to have success. And I'm sure it's the same in like any field, whether it's, you know, like you said, you're a top executive or business. I mean, if you have a, you have a tough day at the office or uh, you know, you make a tough decision or you, you don't like the way you handle a certain meeting with a bunch of people underneath you and kind of let that drag out, then, you know, you start to lose confidence in yourself. But if you're confident or just, you know, sort of trust what you're doing or continue to chip away and, and grind. And, you know, I think that's over time, that's when, when you're going to find results and, you know, have a successful career that way too. You know, what's interesting about that, Luke, is I don't know, I think to a lay person, especially with hockey because it moves so fast, but I think a lay person looks at hockey and says, yeah, it makes sense that you need to stay sharp every second because the, the stakes are high. It's a fast game. If you take your mind off things, it can really do damage. I think most leaders don't realize that their, game, that their, their leadership lives are just important. Yeah. Like I think about how many hours or days or weeks I lose being pissed at somebody on my team or like not being in a good space and having like a low-grade anger, but there's there are no points on the board for every meeting that I do, so I can't measure the impact, my, the right. negative impact that my bad state of mind is having. Uh, probably what I hear you saying is like in business life, it's just as important to keep that mental game strong, but in hockey, it's just more it's more clear when that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, for sure. If, if, you're, uh, if you're mentally in a bad place, it's going to end up on the score sheet with you know goals against or mistakes, and that's going to lead to less ice time or out of the lineup or certain things like that. It's obviously not judged that way on a day-to-day basis, you know, in the business world, you know, maybe it is, or long, longer term effects that, you know, you're, you're going to, it's going to show up, but yeah, uh, yeah it's a, it's a day-to-day thing. And, and that's the one thing too, is like in hockey, as soon as you start thinking about, you know, old plays or the period before the game that happened last week, or, you know, what's going on here in two days from now or the next game is like when you start to lose kind of that presence or that present moment on the ice is when certain you know, things can maybe go sideways. So that's why it's also key to, you know, have that mental frame where, you know, where are you every shift or on the bench or, you know, just to have that like present mentality, like paying attention is like Dan and I call it's like, 
you know, if you're paying attention, it's like, okay, well, if I'm on the ice, I should know where like literally all nine other guys skaters are on the ice because I should be able to see everything. And if I'm thinking about my last shift or if I'm <laughs> on the ice thinking about like my game next week, like, or where I want to be in two years during that shift, then it's literally impossible to know where everyone is and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, I mean, there's so many different layers to the the mental approach, whether it's mm-hmm. that present moment or how to, you know, move on from mistakes or how to keep building from good plays. It's, it's uh, something I feel like I've grown up, but I, I want to, you know, continue to, to improve at. Yeah. Well, you're on your way. You're, you're, you're on your way, little buddy. <laughs> you're, you're, that sounds so patronizing. <laughs> the person who won the Stanley Cup. You're on your way. Uh, a, couple, a couple rapid fire questions real quick. Uh, one is, and we, we mentioned this before the interview. So uh, we've talked about things that you really appreciate about working with Dan. We've talked about uh, things that Dan has really loved working with you, what makes you a great client to work with. One of the things we're committed to in the firm is always improving, and so uh, it's okay to ask in front of in front of God and everyone. Uh, Luke, is there anything as, as Dan seeks to to grow in his capacity to serve you powerfully? Are there any things that you would love to see upgraded as you continue to work together? And I love, by the way, I, it's not lost on me at the beginning of the conversation. You kept pointing the conversation towards the future, and I kept pulling it into the past. So you know, and as you move into the future, like what what would be some things that that you'd love to see Dan bring or uh, that, that would might even up his game in terms of how he serves you. Well, the one thing I do like about it, like every time I talk to, talk to Dan, it's like, there's like, I look forward to the calls because like there's a good energy about him too. Right. So I, yes. you know, yeah. you, you bring that good energy and sometimes I'll, I'll jump on a call and like, I'll, I'll see it, you know, in my schedule, I'll be like, Hey, call today at 2 PM with Dan and I'll book it two weeks previously. And I'll be like, oh, do I really need to have a call today? Like, is there really something to go over? And yeah, he brings a, he brings a good energy to uh, you know uh, get you into the call and also kind of you know bring you back down and and see hey have you been following your commitments and that's kind of usually where he catches me where yeah sometimes yes sometimes no but also too like the honesty too is like the the thing too is where like you said the other day on the call where it's like you called me out like hey what's going on for you right now like go a little bit too where I you know some guys are probably just like sugar Cody you get off the call and it's like we both kind of probably didn't connect there but he, he had a way of going about him too where and then I'm like yeah no I need to kick in the ass right now right so yeah um no I I think like you know I'm new to the coaching experience too um <laughs> to be honest like I, I think we're both learning from one another I'm obviously probably learning a lot more <laughs> um <laughs> but no I just want to continue to kind of where we're going and kind of continue to like I said, be in the present, but also continue to build. And I feel like, you know, I have a trustworthy guy who I can uh, go to with these sort of things. And um, like I said, I, I don't have a, a roadmap to get there, but I feel like we can probably figure it out as we go here. And, and uh, I want to achieve, you know, great things, obviously on the ice, uh, family wise, post career. And um, like I said, I, I, I'm not exactly sure of what that's going to look like, but we're going to figure it out together. And, uh, that's what I'm most excited about. I love that. And, and last question, uh, Luke, what would you say, uh, if you could, what would you want to say to people who are thinking about hiring a coach for the first time who are already high performers? You know, they, they're, they're, they're like you before you met Dan, you were in the, you know, in the top 1% of athletes in the world. What would you say to someone, uh, to maybe encourage them to think about working with somebody like Dan? Well, I just think that there's, 
so much that people can achieve that they, they kind of limit themselves a little bit. And that's the one thing, even like you look at top athletes or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You're in the top 1%, but like, are you really, really at the top of what you could potentially be? Like how far do you want to push yourself? And that could be, like I said, from a day to day, from being a dad day to day, coming in, coming off a week long road trip where you're tired, you just want to get some rest. But you're like, how do I push myself to be a better father husband around my you know wife and kids and um you know so there's how do, how do you have that balance in between professional and family and then you go back you check back into you know the professional side of things and am i really the best i can be like mentally to or can i continue to push it and then like i said we always talk about you know post-career too like is this all i've got is i don't want to say all i've got i'm very fortunate and, and lucky to have everything i have in my life but yeah how far can I push it? Like just yeah. because what's going on around me or like people I've surrounded myself with in my life. If like I I'm, I'm around a lot of very successful people, but I've always said this, like what I don't understand. Like the stigma, the stigma about athletes is like your most successful days. Like we talked about earlier as an athlete, why can my success, most successful days not be, like as an athlete and then carry that on to post career and be just as successful and be even like more proud of that too. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to doing. So I think, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, where you are in your life, there's always ways of improving all aspects of your life. And I think that's what coaching does. It's, you know, it brings you to kind of uncomfortable situations where, you know, if you're in your comfort zone, you probably just go about your business on a day-to-day business. And, you know, a lot of the times it's kind of, you know, just, same old uh, Groundhog Day, uh, you know, you, you go back to past experiences and, you know, you probably don't think there's room for growth or you get uncomfortable and you get some coaching and, you know, you might hear some things or work on some things that, you know, you, you're just uncomfortable with doing it. So I think that's kind of the thing that I want to push it to is, you know, when you're getting uncomfortable, that kind of probably means you're making progress. So yeah. uh, I want to continue to push that way. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, uh, on behalf of the firm, we are very excited about your future. Uh, we are, we are glad that you took a risk on Dan and, uh, we're glad that Dan allowed, uh, or invited you to, to be a part of what we're up to today. So our audience thanks you, our firm thanks you. And, uh, we can't wait to see you back on the ice, man. Awesome. Thanks a lot for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and remember, dare to go beyond high performance.